Yo district <laughs> Bleat a ball Bleat a ball Bleat a ball Bleat bleat ball And I bleat a ball Bleat a ball It's the ghost district y'all A ball Cause I bleat bleat Hey, bleeding I ball, defeated the ice, and see him at all. JD in the pies, I needed it all. I bleeded a lie, you bleeded a lie, not bleeded a lie, and that's what a goat do. Facts, let me show you. Happen to know, do strapped and they don't do bad and they don't lose. Make you wanna bleep, bleep, bleep. It's the goat district boys giving you the business and no gimmicks. The best ball drafts got me feeling like it's Christmas. Then it's Christmas all of a sudden, and these riches came from nothing. And I got this all from loving the district. See, I just drafted, forget it. I I laugh at the critics, yeah. they mad at the digits, yeah. I clap back my listeners, yeah. see ballin' ain't a problem, if you kick it with them off and I refresh the feet till autumn, then I bleep, 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 go. Always forget how good that is. Guys, welcome to the district. We're here back-to-back nights, huge show last night with the JJ Zacharyson uh, coming what did we do, uh, Theo, last night? We talked ADPs. We talked redraft. We talked rookies. I mean, we covered so much in 60 minutes, guys. If you haven't watched last night's show, make sure you go back and watch it. Tonight, we come back hard again. Another night, back to back. Back in the district, Billy Wise. Welcome back, brother. Last time, we were in the middle of a storm. It was a bye week. I was like, yeah, I, I think it was by either week seven or it was one of those buys last, you know, in 2021 where you were scrambling to put a guy in your flex. And now, now it's a little calmer. You know, it's best ball season. Buddy, we're, ha- we're happy to have you back. Welcome back. How's everything with you, man? It's great. Great to be back, guys. Um, I want to congratulate Dan, first of all, on his retirement. <laughs> Dan, that is, I am, I am so, these have been the longest three days of my life this week has been so crazy and i envy you so much right now i'm i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get there. a little step like closer every day but i got about five years so but congratulations dan, dan gives us hope right dan yep that's that that's exactly it i mean and really that, that five years will go by in a blink i mean it's it's crazy i hope, I hope so I hope yeah so. well dan's yep. a full-time fantasy he's a full-time professional fantasy football player now so <laughs> well, and, i wish what I, Man, I'm I'm still trying to carve out time for it. I mean, I got. It, it, I mean, you think you you know you retire, you got nothing to do. You're just sitting around all day, and it's like, no, I've I've got a list of stuff I've been working on, and uh, you know, still kind of scrambling around trying to get it all done. You know, I want to I want to get I want to get things done so I can be a little bit more of a fantasy player. Uh, you know, in another month or two, but uh, you know, when you got you know when you start. Uh, getting close to retirement, you start coming up with a list of things you need to do, want to do around the house. So, yeah, uh, it just, it's one of those things where, uh, you, you want to get out there and make some of that stuff happen. I want to hear me. Some, yeah. Yeah. We can hear you, Bill. We can hear you, buddy. Yep. You know, trying to get in some good routines too, you know, so that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to start retirement off with bad habits. Well, you might be on the clock right now in, in, a, in a specific draft uh, with, with your boy, Theo. So yes, that'll yes. Keep, keep your keep your mind on the fantasy a little bit. Oh, so, so, oh, for sure. Yep. Guys, be a little patient. We're, we're having a little uh, connection issue with Billy. He's going to try to keep coming in. I know he's got some good tech support uh, behind him. Why don't you guys tell us uh, about this this pick that you're about to make? Uh, let's see if we can get him back here. 
I'm back. Sorry about that. He's back. He's, He's back. back. He's better than ever. We love it. Love, love the sweater, by the way. That's that's a sweet hoodie you got. Oh, on. yeah. Appreciate the support, man. Guys, check out readingglobal.com, collections, Goat District. Get yourself. That's a sweet hoodie. I got the exact same one and for sure my most comfortable. Very warm, very comfortable. It's awesome. Great for this time of year. So, look, I started putting your resume up again today, like I do before every show. And there, it, you're like the Tom Brady of, of fantasy right now. Like, <laughs> you should just bust out your rings. You know, we should have like a picture of you with all your rings, you know, on, on, the, on the thumbnail of the show. Because you, you keep stacking them, man. You keep stacking them. Why don't you tell us some successes you had in 2020, 2021? Um, so my biggest success in 2020, obviously, is winning the Rotowire Online Championship. Um, my team, it was, it was a crazy – it's one of those um, – I started out and I was in twenty or thirty third place. Week fifty, I dropped to two hundred and sixteen, and I moved up to twenty sixth place going into week seventeen. So it's twenty sixth place going in the final week, and I just had a monster week. I scored two hundred fifty two points, um, which is like it's you know we all we all do that. Not, maybe not two fifty two, but we all have huge weeks, and you mm-hmm. want to have them at that time of the year. That's when you want to have them, obviously. And I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it was, you know, it's, it's lucky. I mean, you got, I got lucky. I had, I had Chase, I had Burrow, I had Devontae Adams, I had Harris. I mean, it was just, it all came together perfectly. It was just, it was like a dream come true. Um, so that was my biggest success off, obviously. Um, I had a lot of online championships that I won and um, I won the uh, New York auction. Um, yeah, that's, that's the top of my head. That's all I can think of right now. And that was the, the, the big New York auction, correct, uh, Billy? That was the one that they just uh, started up, right? That was the little one. It was the, the uh, little 1300, one, the first one. And then the 2500, uh, Chris Eibel won, I believe. Chris mm. won that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Those, are, those are some serious, seriously hard uh, auctions. Those are uh, – I, I, I sat in and watched the, uh, the 25. I, I did not, not partake, but uh, those, are, those are some hard-hitting auctions. That was a good one to win. Yeah, you got you to be – you're getting in those this year, Theo. Gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop in. I'm gonna hop in one. I have a lot, of, a lot of peer pressure from, from you and Dan to get, to get more active into the, uh, into the auction. So I, I'll be, I'll be dipping my hat a little bit into the auctions, most likely NFFC. Yeah, we'll, awesome. we'll pull them along, Billy. We'll get awesome. in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Theo, Theo's got a stiff arm. You know, it's really hard to twist that rubber arm of his. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's hard for me. To, it's hard for me to, to, you know, to, to keep jumping from, uh, you know, to regular redraft to, to auction, but. I think I'll be able to manage one or two this year, so that that'll be fun. It's it's, it's it really is. It's I, I don't know if Dan agrees. Is it's the best? It's the most fun way to draft, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So, so much strategy, and it's just you know, you're in on every player, and it's awesome. So yeah, and and then when you get out of the auction, you get back to a regular snake draft, and you you feel like you just went from you know three dimensional chess back to checkers. So. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> It's kind of a, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, it, it, it's just kind of a nice, uh, you know, it's like you challenge yourself big time like that. And then you come back and, you know, you just, you, you feel so much more relaxed. You feel like, you know, you, you feel like you're swatting everything out of the park when you get back to a regular draft. Yeah. I mean, the thing about an auction, I honestly, this is like the, one of the things that is the hardest thing for me is like, I don't want to like drink any, anything during the auction because you can't go to the back. <laughs> Like, cause you have to be in on every player, and you're waiting for that break. You know, if you're a pick one in an in a draft, you can go to the bathroom. You know, it's not going to get back to you in 24 picks or early in the draft. But you're in an auction, man. You gotta you gotta pee or whatever. It's like, 
You gotta hold it. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> yeah. Bring a bottle. Yep. Bring a bottle. Guys, follow Billy at Billy Waz, B I L L Y W A Z 88. Any special uh, special meaning with the 88? Uh, you're lucky. a graduate. Ah, there you're you go. I you graduated. Nice. Also, uh, Lynn Swan was one of my favorite Steelers. It's his number, you know. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> and Billy, are you doing the the black book again uh, this summer? Uh, yes. Yes. What's, what's sure the what black I'm... book? What's the black book? The, oh, the fantasy black. Book. Yes. Is. Nice. Yeah. When do they come? When does that come out? Um, I think they come. I want to say it comes out in early June. Okay. Right around June. In that time, I, I could be wrong. It could be May, late May. I'm not sure what exactly this year. I haven't. We haven't gotten any assignments here yet, yet for it, but uh, yeah, that's the plan. Nice. That should be good too. Yeah. Nice. All right, guys. Tonight, big show. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna stick to to best ball. Obviously, we talk about all formats. You know, when when we do these, everything intertwines. We all know that. But it's that time of year, Billy. We probably asked you this last time you were on. But being this considered early best ball season, which I can't believe when I look at the drafts that I've done and it's, you know, we just turned into, into March. But what's your favorite time to be drafting these best balls? Do you kind of go even throughout the season? Do you start slow and then build up as you get closer? What's your preference when it comes to the time of the offseason for you to draft, to draft these best balls? So I don't draft a ton of them before the NFL draft um, just because I like to see how players – fall out I, i'll draft a few before i mean i say a few like five you know something like that nothing crazy um once the NFL draft hits you know once that draft is over and it's like that sunday after the draft is over it's like you're jumping in the first one because you're just chomping a bit to see where players are going kind of thing um i do a lot in the summertime i'm a, I'm a teacher and athletic director so i'm my you know my my uh summer opens up like first week of june and it gets what gets difficult about that is best balls are the best thing to jump into for me because otherwise if I'm not coming in those I'm doing online championships and and I know Theo you guys know how addicting those are you just want to keep doing them over and over and over <laughs> and then the problem is you're like oh shit I got you know 50 man teams now and that's the main problem at least the best balls you don't have to worry about that so um, as far as the best balls go I, I do most of them probably I'd say in June and July and you know once August hits you start doing some other other drafts, maybe some more OCs, that kind of thing. And, of course, last week of August, early September, you're into the big drafts in you know, New York and Vegas. And do you do you hop into any of the underdogs, uh, Billy, or are you stay, sticking with mostly NFFC for your for your best balls? I haven't jumped in any underdogs yet. I do want to do a few. Um, this is – March is – this is a brutal month for me for work-wise. I just got so much on my plate right now. Um so my spring breaks in April, things should calm down considerably after that. And I might jump in a few again, like maybe right before the NFL draft and then after. But I haven't done any yet. Billy, if you sign up, use the code district. Guys, use the code district. Big, big news last night with our uh, new partnership with Underdog. They got tons of best balls going right now. You can do them right on your phone. They got a sweet mobile app. Uh, go sign up. And they've got uh, they just actually just launched the sophomore and rookies draft, which is always fun this year, this time of year as we learn about these rookies. Joey Brown, shout out to Joey Brown in, in, in the chat, one of our uh, favorite guys out there in, in Fantasyland. Theo, why don't you intro the, we're going to be showing a board as we go through uh, the rest of the show, as we kind of go through the strategy talks and the questions. Uh, you guys 
have a draft. We've we've got it kind of split into two, so we'll show half and half of the board. But why don't you uh, give a little background on on this draft? So I was talking to uh, to Billy about um, you know coming back on the show, and we were just talking about early best balls. Um, I was telling him about how I split um, you know an FFPC one with Dan. Uh, I'm doing a little couple on my own, and I'm actually starting a second one with Dan. And uh, he mentioned that he was uh, doing an NFFC one, the draft champions. Uh, so I. I just hopped in. I took the last spot, and um, Billy and I did a 34-rounder. Um, Chris, Chris Ebel was in it, um, another former GOAT District guest, uh, an NFFC Hall of Famer, Mike Santos, NFFC Hall of Famer, um, and then there was maybe three or four others um, that were really you know, good, solid NFFC drafters that, I, that I'd recognize. So it was a challenging early draft for sure, um, and uh, – yeah, it was it was uh, it was an interesting process. It was my first one, um, kind of getting a feel of of the early ADP and the early structure. Um, but it was it was definitely uh, definitely a good draft. Billy, what were your thoughts on that draft? Yeah, it was my first one as well, Theo. Um, for my first one fifty, um, I, I was comfortable with it. You know, I got I, I looked at. I don't know if you ever look at the NFFC grades when you're done. I did. I got a B plus, which makes me think I got an F minus in real life. <laughs> in '97, that means I'm finishing 12, so that's cool. Yeah, there you but, go. Uh, there you go. Those are very unreliable. Um, but uh, I, it, there were some surprises for sure. There's some things that slipped, and some guys, you know, I think are going to definitely make move, you know, one direction or the other going forward here. But um, you know, it's fun. It's always good to jump in. There's some guys that um, I know. Jeff Odell was in this. He's a good owner. Um, he actually does trendsetters, which I didn't fail, I failed to mention that earlier. We, I'm in trendsetters, the draft that starts right after the Super Bowl. Um, we're actually starting round, excuse me, phase two uh, Friday. So we've done seven rounds so far. We'll start rounds eight through 14 starting on Friday. We'll, and we'll knock that out in like two, three days. So Nice. Got Theo and, and maybe Billy and Theo can answer this. Obviously, a lot of these big tourneys we see on the FFPC, uh, shorter drafts, right? They're, they're 20 deep. Uh, what, when you're going into these, what, what's the biggest difference? Is there any, when you go into a draft that, you know, is going to be 30 plus rounds versus, you know, those, those shorter, shorter drafts. Go ahead, Theo. Well, I mean, the obvious difference is, uh, is the kickers and defenses. So, you know, that, um, you know, Dan and I did the, Dan and I are doing these 20 rounders, which I really enjoy the slim best ball. Uh, Dan's a traditionalist. Um, but, uh, I, I like the slim best ball, but you, kickers and defenses are, are completely out of it. Cause Dan's so the you, kicker guru, right Dan? That's right. Dan's the <laughs> tight end guru, the kicker guru, the <laughs> defense guru, um, defensive coordinator guru. I mean, so, but, but for, for the NFFC, I know going in, you kind of like, you, you need to pay attention for, uh, to when the, the, the kicker run starts. Um, and also the at the defense run, you don't want to you know kind of be left you know picking from the from the bottom defenses in my opinion. Um, and the one thing that NFFC has that's that's nice is they have team kicker, so you don't need to like like right now if, if we all sat down and we wanted to predict the opening day kickers for the NFL teams, we're gonna miss on on eight of them probably because of all the of all the the change, um, and then you know rookies and free agents and all that kind of stuff. So you don't have to actually go with kickers you're going with team kicker um and then in a 34 rounder um you know you're gonna always want to have in my opinion three quarterbacks at least some guys might go more i think three is fine um and then it's not tight end premium in the nffc like the ffpc so um you can 
wait on tight end a little bit, um, but you still want to have strong tight end production. Um, and I'll pass it over to Billy on anything else you, you, you think about these 34 rounders. Yeah, no, you pretty much summed it all up. I mean, it's, it, you know, the kickers and defenses, when you're going 34 rounds, I, I think it's uh, most of the ones I do, I get three of each only because, you know, I figure a third defense or a third, you know, kicker, if you're talking rounds 27, 28, it's probably going to be more productive in, you know, than in some throw at the dart, dartboard. Um, I, for the most part, I agree with you about the three quarterbacks. Uh, and it's, you know, obviously the tight end, like, like Theo said, want to be you want to be pretty strong at tight end you're either going to go for one of the big guys and then sprinkle in some guys or you can get maybe two or three of the middle round guys go from there and you know it's all about the running backs and receivers we're pretty much drafting anyway so and a question kind of a follow-up for dan and billy if you're doing a traditional uh best ball draft um you know a, a large best ball draft do you have a general structure going in of of, of how many you know quarterbacks running backs wide receivers, tight ends you want to follow, or do you want to give yourself some flexibility? Um, I know in like the slims, the slims for me, I, I want to kind of not go over a certain number at, at each position, but a, a traditional best ball, do you give yourself a little flexibility and try to still attack value or are you still very concerned about, or do you want to balance that with like, you know, the structural drafting? So on that, I, I guess I would say for me, I'm, it, you know, it depends on how the, the early rounds of the draft flow as to what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, if I if I put a lot of uh, equity into wide receivers and not so much into running backs, and that's going to skew it. So I'm taking more shots on running backs later uh, or vice versa. And, you know, so it, it just kind of comes down to how did those first rounds flow and then what's the best way to put together that team but typically i'm going to go with more wide receivers than running backs almost every time uh i've i've gotten over the years more and more comfortable with actually less and less running backs um especially if i get you know three or four of them kind of early there's just you know i'd rather have those uh you know take my shots at wide receivers and try to you know try to get those wide receivers who can you know give you the the 15 point week out of uh you know your 24th round slot or something like that what do you think billy yeah i agree and especially if, like you said if you start out hard with running backs you know the running backs get thin real quick and receivers. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at the draft we, we were in theo i mean this is in the last three rounds 32 to 34 yet sterling shepherd sammy watkins you know Emmanuel sanders he might retire but whatever um Chris Conley. I mean, Chris Conley is a guy who, in my opinion, he's a guy you get a 15-point week out of, you know, once or twice maybe. And that's all you're really looking for that late. So I, I totally agree. It kind of dictates where you go from the very beginning of the draft. But there's always receivers at the end, and there's less running backs. So I try to pack in a little more, in the, you know, rounds 1 to 20. And then 20 to 34, you know, you're getting your kickers, your defenses, and you're picking up some of those, you know, end of the receivers. But you're, I mean, most of the times I end up with it, and it, I don't count it, but a lot of times it comes out to like a 10-10. You know, you get 10 receivers, 10 running backs, maybe four tight ends. That's 14, three quarterbacks, 17, and then three kickers, three defenses, and then maybe, okay, 11 receivers or something like that, maybe 34. So that's mm -hmm. generally where I end up. But but like Dan said, I, I'm not counting it. I'm just kind of drafting the best player available. Or, you know, guys that have some serious upside later on that, you know, can get you that one or two weeks that are going to give you the 15, 20-point weeks. 
So for those that are listening, uh, A, make sure you sign up on YouTube so you can be watching. We've got the, the draft board up right now. For those, again, who can't see, you've got Theo in the four spot. You've got Billy in the nine spot. You know, the, I don't see anything too crazy. We'll, we'll look a little deeper, but right off the bat, Billy, I'll, I'll start off with you. When you're looking at the first three rounds, I mean, I, I made a, a put a tweet out a little while back just saying like you know on especially like some like underdog i like kind of auto auto picking my first three or four just to keep it interesting and then i can go from there um are there guys that you're avoiding in the first three rounds that that you're hands off going into 2022 um i mean debo samuel's a guy who's just i mean his i was i was completely off on him last year i did i didn't didn't have him. I had him on maybe one or two teams. And now the price tag is very high. You know, he's a late first, early second round pick. And I mean, he deals, he still does have a pretty extensive injury history. You know, he stayed healthy last year. So he's a guy I'm not really on. Not a, I'm not crazy about digs. You know, the receivers, the funniest thing I've noticed about these drafts that I just started when I just started was I'm okay with picks one to nine. I'm not crazy about the turn, but the, but, and then I'm not crazy about picks like one to eight in the second round, like going back down. There's nothing there that jumps out of me there. I mean, Kamara is a, he's a, you know, he's interesting just because of the situation. Um, I liked Antonio Gibson a little bit more earlier, but you know, this isn't looking good if McKissick's staying now. And uh, Cam Akers isn't the guy I'm probably touching in that round. Um, you know, honestly, and I, this pains me because I love the guy, Speedy Lamb. I mean, I love C. Lamb, but I just—it just frustrates me to watch the watch him and see what they do with him. I mean, they just don't utilize him the way they should. So he's a guy right now that I'm having a really hard time taking um, in the first. You know, I would take him probably near the middle, the end of the third, maybe, but not at the beginning of the third. So those would be some of the guys that I'm avoiding right now. Yeah, I, I agree with the Debo. I, I don't have one share. Debo this this year in best ball like he's he's pretty much at the end of the first now I find when I'm when I'm doing these drafts um Theo any guys you're you're avoiding in these first three rounds it's it's hard for me to take Saquon right now I think that there's there's uh a lot of indecision of what New York's going to do with this salary cap I think it's it's a real mess um and I think they want to try to try to correct it as much as possible so I do think there's a chance Saquon could be on the move. And the, the initial response would be, hey, that's great. You know, Saquon could get to a much better offense. But you know how these things go. Um, we're not sure where he'll end up. Um, and we're not sure how he'll, he'll be utilized. So I do think that there's um, – if you're drafting this early, you're already kind of – you can't really be super risk-averse. So, you know, he's still Saquon. He's still a very talented player. And he, and he could make me look foolish for saying that. I think that Kamara is kind of priced correctly because there's there's a chance of the suspension. So I think you're 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 paying for a discounted Kamara um, because of the suspension and also the offense is, you know, not it's not going to be that great in New Orleans. But he should see a lot of volume every game he plays. Um, I, I agree with Billy. I think Debo, like if you're taking Debo Samuel 11 overall, um, you're really paying for the kind of your your peak in the range of outcomes. Um, and I think that that's there. There could have been a, a little bit better ways to, to start out the draft than, than Debo at 11. Um, you know, you talk about Debo like at 18, you can kind of talk yourself into that. But where he's starting to go near the, near the one two turn, that's that's hard to do. Um, so 
I, I agree with, with Billy. I think it's 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 a little flat um, at times in these first couple rounds, and I think that you'll see this ADP actually change uh, a lot as the as the summer goes along. Um, but I wouldn't say there's necessarily somebody I'm completely out on. Um, yeah, nobody really jumping out to me as somebody who was like such an egregious player to go in the in the first three rounds. I'll say Aaron Jones. Billy and I have talked about Aaron Jones, um, and maybe Billy, you can share your thoughts on him. I, I'm I'm really into AJ Dillon now. I've been drafting a lot of him. Um, I still think Aaron Jones will have a, a role in the in the passing game, but I think it could be a, a big a big step forward for AJ Dillon. So that's maybe a guy that I'm not looking to have a ton of Aaron Jones. But Billy, you you kind of had uh, conflicting ideas than I do on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I still think there's something to him. I, we talked about, like, the last few games he played, including the playoff game. He was he was involved in the passing game. And, you know, that's what we like our running backs to do. We like him catching passes. Um, touchdowns are kind of, you know, sporadic. I do like Aaron Jones much more in a best ball uh, just because he is prone to those really, you know, 30. He can, you know, what he, I think he had 40-some this year against Detroit. I mean, he, he can pop at times. Um, so that's the one thing I do like. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. You know, the problem is if, if Rodgers would leave, I mean, it's looking like he might stay, but if he would leave, um, it might be all bets off for the, both those guys, depending on what they're going to have back there at center. Or, excuse me, uh, quarterback. So, Yeah, like I think Dylan's, Dylan's role potentially if, if – and I, I think Rodgers will be back. But I think if Rodgers is gone, I think you could see them lean a little bit more on Dylan um, and trying to be a little bit more of a ball control offense and kind of, you know, gravitate towards uh, – you know, he's not Derrick Henry – but Derrick Henry light, um, you know, kind of see what LaFleur had in Tennessee. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts, Dan, on this uh, first three rounds? Is there any guys you're kind of avoiding at this point? Yeah, so just a couple things uh, just to remind our listeners, if you're if you're watching on the YouTube, uh, this is NFFC, so that means it's a third-round reversal. Uh, so every round after the first two rounds, you got to look at opposite of what you would normally look at so that uh, Jalen Otto is a – the first pick in the third round, Aaron Jones was the last ah, pick. And then okay. Josh Jacobs, first pick in the fourth round. Travis Etienne, uh, last pick in the fourth round. So every, everything's backwards after you get through the first two rounds uh, from what you might be normally seeing. But, you know, just a couple thoughts on that. Uh, you know, you're not going to see me take a quarterback in the first three rounds. Uh, you know, I just – Josh Allen's great. Patrick Mahomes great. But um, I – much rather get, uh, you know, Kyler Murray a couple rounds later, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, you know, any of those guys. Uh, it, shoot, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, also a great choice. There's there's just too many other good options to be dipping into the quarterback pool that quickly. Um, I – I'm kind of starting to come around a little bit on CD Lamb, uh, just because it's you know the tea leaves are starting to to show that uh, Mari Cooper might not stick around, and uh, you know if they let if they let Cooper go, then I, I all of a sudden I'm getting pretty bullish on Lamb. Um, you know Dallas is still going to spread the ball around, but um, I I think that uh, Lamb they're going to have to make a more concerted effort to get the ball to him if uh, Cooper's not around, and. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I, I honestly, as much of an AJ Brown stand as I am, uh, the target volume just continues to worry me. I, I like him a lot better in the third round than in the second round, uh, and I'll try probably try to, you know, pick him off there where I can. 
uh, from time to time. And uh, Nick Chubb is just a, another player that I have a hard time. Uh, you know, yeah. his floor is so high. You know, and you know he's he's one of those picks who's not going to lose you the draft, uh, without a doubt. But he's also not going to win you the draft. Uh, you know, he's he's just kind of a I don't know. He's a very solid option, but it's in a in a best ball. I'm looking for guys who have a little bit more uh, variability to their scoring. Um, so you know, I I'd, I'd feel a lot better about taking him where he went here in the uh, you know in in the early to mid second round if this was just a, you know, a managed league draft. Uh, but on a best ball, I, you know, I shove Chubb down a little bit further. And Saquon, now he went pretty high here, but a lot of times you're catching Saquon in the third round, um, in the first few picks of the third round. If he gets down to the turn, you know, the 2-3 turn, uh, you know, that's a lot of talent right there. And if he can get healthy and stay healthy for the year, uh, you know, or even just give you, you know, even – three quarters of the year, um, you know, and give you his Saquon spike weeks. I think that's looking pretty good. I was way off Saquon last year, this year, uh, you know, given the the huge difference in price, uh, I can definitely be back in on him. What do you think, JD? Yeah. I, it's funny. You mentioned Barkley. Cause I was going to say that too, about, I, I love him in the third and you and I did a, one of those uh, never too early and, and he was falling I think he even went in the fourth and a couple earlier ones. But is that because it's tight end premium, Dan, on, on FFPC? Is that what you're thinking about? Maybe those tight ends push down some of those? They, 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 they do push him down. Um, he probably will not go into the third round on the NFFC. Uh, yeah. That's a good point there. Kamara's another guy, as much as you guys know my love for AK, and it just I just can't pull the trigger on him this year. Just, I don't know, the age, the uncertainty, the miles, There's there's a lot of factors there. Maybe I'm missing the boat on that one. Um, Debo, you talked about. Billy. Uh, Keenan Allen, you know, as much as I love Herbert, I find myself, uh, you know, maybe I feel like Williams will probably end up back in, in L.A. And I just like his value a bit later um, for whatever reason. And I just like guys around Allen a lot better. So, again, for those who are not watching, uh, that are listening, Theo went Cooper Cup in the four spot followed it up with aj brown and then smashed the jk dobbins love that jk dobbins pick by the way in the third and then billy's got Devonte adams in the nine spot joe mixon in the second and then third round mark andrews at the tight end position um oh, i was gonna just ask, to, to get back to just to get back to ahead, um i i loved i loved your guys points on uh on on chubb and Keenan Allen, I just feel like when you're when you're competing in a twelve, like Billy and I do the the New York Super, which is a, a twelve team league where we're not in some you know massive tournament. It's just you know 12, 12 teams, and 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 only a few people at the top get paid. Um, and you're really trying to get into that top two, and then you're trying to get in the top four. Like Keenan Allen and Nick Chubb are are, are more appealing to me in, in that sort of format than in, in a draft champions format. Like Nick Chubb, the, the term purgatory player uh, comes to mind. We're a guy that he's good, but he doesn't really move the needle for you. I think we all believe in Nick Chubb's rushing ability. If you're a football purist, he's one of the best uh, runners in the, in the NFL. Um, you know, he's a, he's a stud, but it's a PPR setting. I mean, there's not a scenario for me where Nick Chubb's running back one overall. And there's more likely than not, he's not in the top five. Um, Keenan Allen is kind of the, the same thing. I think that he's, 
if you, I think Keenan Allen will be a top 15 wide receiver next year, but I would not bet on him being a top five wide receiver next year. Um, and I think that those kind of guys, they're just a little bit more appealing to me when it's a closed league. Um, and then one more Chubb stat that kind of blew my mind that I saw recently was Leonard Fournette has outscored Nick Chubb in three out of the past four seasons um, in PPR scoring. So like, like, what are we doing here? It's not, it's not a talent competition. We're not, we're not at the NFL combine right now. You know, we're all taking Nick Chubb, um, you know, if we're, if we're doing measurables and all that, but when it comes to, you know, production, I think that you're drafting him at his, at his peak right here. So sorry to interrupt you on that, but I had to go on a Nick, little Nick Chubb uh, tangent. No, great, great segue, man. Great segue. You're touching. We're going to touch on these, on these rookies. Guys, smash the like, smash the subscribe. You guys know what we're about. We want to help you guys win, whether it's best ball, redraft, dynasty. You know, Billy, tonight, last night was J.J. Zacharyson. Uh, you guys go back and you, you'll see the hits just keep coming. Stick with us this summer. Uh, subscribe all off season. Summer. It's like the middle of winter here. It's freezing all kinds. I'm talking summer already. Um, thinking about my Portugal trip in July. So, guys, we talk. It's, it's that time of year, right? Everybody wants to talk rookies. Billy. How do you feel about this rookie class and how does it affect your drafting right now when you're talking about best ball? How do you incorporate them, if at all? Um, I don't really, like I, I was saying earlier, I, I don't draft a ton of them in these drafts. You know, obviously you don't know where they're going to be at. And I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember Deuce McAllister uh, when he got drafted by the Saints and you had Ricky Williams at the time. It's like, you know, Deuce McAllister was, I mean, I remember this guy watching him in college, like, he's a stud, he's going to be awesome, and then he didn't get a chance any playing. Yes. So when you take him in a draft like this, if you take him in the third, fourth round, you just lost your pick, you know, basically lost the pick that. Um, and I know that's that's rare. I, I understand that. But this, you know, this draft, as far as the talent goes, there's not the big names, you know, like we had last year in the draft at all. You know, we had the Najee Harris. We knew he was going to be good with the volume in Pittsburgh. And, you know, you had the receivers and everything else. Yeah and whatever so um this draft i don't really i I don't reach for the rookies i probably i don't think i'm going to take any of them really before the 10th round in these drafts so far until the draft you know after the nfl draft everything changes but um yeah so i I don't i don't really focus too much on them right now yeah yeah I'm kind of in the same ballpark as Billy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid to uh, grab some of those rookie receivers, um, you know, in the seventh, eighth, ninth round range, something like that. Uh, You know, I, if you're talking about uh, Drake London or Traylon Burks or uh, Garrett Wilson, you know, those are, those are guys I can, I can mix in there. Uh, You just don't want to get too crazy on rookies. I mean, you know, Twitter is all a buzz about the rookies. So it's really easy to just, you know, kind of get too hyped up on them. The running backs this year, I'm definitely with Billy. I just I don't see that any of them are necessarily going to go out there and just smash like uh, Najee Harris did last year. And in a case like that, you know, I'm going to let somebody else take those guys, you know, Brees Hall or, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker or whoever. I'm going to let them take those guys in those, uh, you know, rounds four, five, six, wherever wherever they're going. And I'm going to focus instead, if I'm going to get some rookie running backs, I'm going to take them in like the late teens, early 20s, you know, and just try to take some calculated shots because generally you can find one or two running backs going late in the draft, you know, rookies that just are not 
catching everybody's imagination the way the, you know, top two, three, four that Twitter is talking about every single day. Uh, you know, so I'd rather focus on those lesser known guys. And if you can hit, you know, like uh, a couple of years ago, Miles Sanders was, he was going in the 20th round uh, just constantly when he was a uh, rookie before he got drafted. And uh, nobody was talking about Sanders until after the combine, we started getting close to the NFL draft. And by then I'd already loaded up on him, you know, so I'm looking to do that with some guys like uh, um, uh, Ford and um, uh, Jerry and early um, trying to think of some of the other guys. I don't, I, I don't have my list handy here, but uh, you know, those are, those Algier. are the guys. Yeah. Algier, you know, I'm looking for guys like that. Uh, quite a bit later instead. As opposed to the top guys. I know I know. Dan, one quick rule of thumb that you uh, taught me many moons ago was the 10-round uh, rule that you you don't like to do it in the single digits with rookies uh, prior to the draft. You prefer to wait till the, you know, maybe the, the draft capital that you're investing in those double digits. And that's something I try to stick to. But, you know, like Theo, I get a little excited with these rookies, right, Theo? A little Traylon Burke, a little, a little so here I, and there. I'm, Spiller. I'm actually, I'm actually, like, I'll, I'll I'll agree with 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 Billy and Dan, especially when it comes to running backs. Um, I think that we can just look even even last year, um, early best balls. I really liked Jamar Jefferson, and I wasn't. It's not like I was drafting him too high, but you, I wasted a lot of um, you know a lot of picks with a guy who who didn't do anything. He had you know a, ended up with a day three guy, a late day three guy. I believe he was a sixth rounder. Was he a seventh rounder or a sixth rounder, Dan? Jamar Jefferson. Uh, he, he was, was a, a I think he was a seventh. Okay, so he's one of the seventh two. seventh rounder, and, and he was a guy that you know checked off a lot of boxes. He had a huge college production. You know, I thought he would he would end up in a nice landing spot. It just didn't happen. So it's kind of a wasted pick. And I think even if we look at this this draft, um, I do think Brees, Brees Hall and, and Spiller are Brees Hall and Spiller are um, you know pretty safe because I think they're going to get that 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 draft capital. But if you start even going right past them, like Kyron Williams, I like him a lot. We had John Lobb on. John Lobb really, really likes him. But he's small, and he might not end up being drafted on, on day two, and you might end up getting you know caught kind of holding the bag on a guy who um, you know, is not going not gonna to get that opportunity necessarily. So um, I do want to dive into the wide receivers, though. I think that if you look at the last few years um, – the the most underrated um, the most underrated uh, asset in fantasy football has been the rookie wide receiver. They're almost their ADPs are they're almost always smashing their ADPs. I mean, even the guys that go highly um, have been have been beating their ADPs. Um, so I don't mind taking um, some risks on these guys, uh, especially when you get into like round like eight, round nine. I don't I don't need to wait into the double digit rounds. I don't mind taking some risks on those guys. And we love we love Nick Chubb. Who are some of your faves, Theo? Who are some of your faves? Uh, a couple, name a couple of these so, rookie receivers that you like. I mean, I like, I like the. I'll say that I really like Wilson. Um, I think he seems super safe. Everything I watch with Wilson is the kind of guy that I don't think is going to um, bust. Um, I think he's going to step in and have a role. Uh, Burks is is just fantastic looking. Um, I think that he's going to he's going to have some absolute smash weeks. He might even be a better in best ball type guy right now because I think that no matter where he goes, he could he could absolutely dominate. All you need to do is watch Traylon Burks against Alabama. It was unbelievable what he did against Alabama. Um, the guy just looks incredible out there. 
Um, and then I like Chris Olave. I think he's going to have pretty pretty high draft capital. Um, I just drafted him in, in the NTE um, over at FFPC. And I, I think I got him in like the, the ninth or 10th round. I felt very comfortable doing that. But I think even if you're if you're in the double digit rounds, I think diving in on some of these like the Wandell Robinsons and, and those kind of guys Love that are going Robinson. late. Yeah, Jahan Dotson from Penn State, I've taken late a few times. Like Sky the, Moore. The, so like I don't like Sky Moore as 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 much. I mean now we're now but but Sky Moore, like I could be totally wrong. Sky Moore might be, you know, go ahead of Dotson and, and that draft capital matters and all that, but like I don't mind taking shots on these guys um, in best ball, especially where I think that that it, Fantasy Mojo put out a, 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 a really really good tweet about this, showing that the the win rates of of people who took um, r- rookies early pre NFL draft in best ball versus post NFL draft in best ball. I mean, even if you look at like we, we can go to the top of the draft class, Naj, Najee Harris in early best ball drafts versus Najee Harris when he landed in Pittsburgh, which was the ideal spot, but still um, there were so many guys last year that if you took late a- Andrew, Sh- Andrew Schellenberg, um, go district member. Um, he had the, the revelation. I believe that was, which draft was that he took Jalen Waddle and Elijah Moore before the draft and ended up doing really well in a couple of, a couple of leagues doing that. So I don't mind diving in on these rookie wide receivers and, and diving in pretty hard. I think that um you know, the positives maybe kind of outweigh the, the negatives. Because if they're drafted day two, more likely than not, they have a role. Um, and there's a chance that their role could be much larger than we're expecting. Even if they join a, crowd, a, a crowded wide receiver uh, room, a lot of times the talent just wins out in the NFL. These guys are coming in ready to ready to compete and ready to produce. Yeah. All right, guys. Oh, sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I think that's just a good point that Theo just made. You're trying to get guys who you think are going to be drafted in the first or second round, and especially those that are falling further down the draft board uh, as far as the wide receivers go. As far as the running back, you're just you're just trying to nail anybody you can find, uh, you know, who's going on day two, so round two or three. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any day one running backs this year. So, you know, you're just looking for those guys who, who have a good chance to uh, make it into day two, and those are the ones you want to focus on right now. And then, you know, the day three guys, whoever they end up being, you know, they're the ones who I'm more interested in, uh, you know, just kind of waiting and seeing where they go. But, again, once you get into the, the late, late rounds, you know, like 20-plus, uh, anything goes for the, the running backs. All right, let's give a quick, quick, before we get back to the draft board, uh, start talking sleepers, tight ends, you know, get a little deeper into the, the nitty-gritty here. Let's remind the peeps. Guys, the never too early, myffpc.com, 25K grand prize, $125 buy-in, tight end premium, 133 grand in prize money. They've got live drafts, slow drafts. Guys, go check it out. you got to get into this tournament if you're into best ball. Super fun to draft, 20 rounds. And then you've got the big one, the main event. Time to sign up, guys. A million-dollar grand prize. I could see Billy like just just salivating over this million dollars. He's like, I'm going to add to my Brady rings, you know. Uh, but guys, check it out. You, you, they got an early day, early early day, early bird special uh, available till May 31st. And then of course you've got the best balls. The slims are 20 rounds, starting at five dollars, and then they you know they go 28 deep. They've got literally any kind of draft you want to do. MyFFPC.com. If you're not already on the site, guys. Tag at Goat District, and we'll hook you up with a sign-up bonus. 
Let's get back to the draft board, guys. Do you want to do you want to stick in those first? Uh, what do we have? Three in the first eight rounds, or do you want me to go to that second part, Theo? I wanted to one want to point out one thing in in the uh, first rounds. Maybe get Billy to talk about this because I, I I was you know in the DMs with with Billy during this draft a little bit, and one thing I really liked what he did. Um, I waited on quarterback. Um, and Billy ended up going with with Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers back to back rounds early, but I and and I'll be interested to hear Dan's uh, thoughts on this as well. But in like a thirty four rounder, I feel like when Billy used the two early draft picks on quarterbacks, it kind of allowed him to just attack the other positions and not worry about. You're almost able to to punt QB three almost completely with that build. Uh, whereas I did a, a, a gross quarterback build where it was uh, I had Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. I had a little bit of um, I had a little bit of correlation with the Tannehill pick because I, I used the AJ Brown one early, um, so I, I didn't I didn't hate it as much. But uh, maybe Billy could talk about that, and then we get Dan's thoughts on that. Do you do you prefer your builds, Billy? Basically, when you go quarterback early, or you like kind of you know piecing together like I did how, how, how do you feel comfortable in this sort of setting I like getting one of the the top guys for sure when I say top guys I'm looking at like the top you know eight to ten I like to get one of those guys so in this draft you know I took Kyler in fear of that I you know you didn't know what was going to come back in the sixth and Rogers to me was the clear last guy for me so and I look at it the way I look at that was if I don't take Rodgers here, I'm going to be taking another quarterback in the next two rounds. So really, what am I giving up here to get Aaron Rodgers over, you know, against like a Trevor Lawrence? And I'm trading out like a, uh, let's see, what do I get? Like a Michael Pittman for Bateman. So, you know, I, I just think Rodgers has so much more upside. And I, I do like having the top two quarterbacks every week because if you, if you hit on those guys, it can give you a serious advantage at the position. But uh, I don't always do that. A lot of times I'll just get one, and then what I'll do is wait on, you know, and then I'll go down into the next, you know, kind of like where the Mac Jones, Tua, Carr guys are, and I'll grab them as my two, and then maybe grab, you know, a Daniel Jones or, you know, Matt Ryan as my three, something like that. But but it, I agree with you that it does give it gives you an extra pick sort of because you don't have to worry about that QB three. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. I think, I think um, you know, the board fell really nice for you there, Billy. Uh, no doubt about it, you know, being able to uh, grab Kyler where you took him uh, is it was a nice pick. And then, you know, it basically Stafford went before Rodgers. And then, like you said, Rodgers was just such a clear pick right there uh, because he was, you know, there's such a giant drop off in the tier right after him. And then when, uh, you know, you come back around, you still got Michael Thomas sitting there waiting for you. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I hate I hate that pick. <laughs> really, I, I I kind of do. I, I mean, I took it because I'm like, yeah, let's see what he can do. But the more I'm looking at it, I just I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I you know maybe he'll be something this year. But I, I actually after I took it, I was like, yeah, didn't like it. But I didn't see anything else. I needed a receiver, and I didn't see anything else that really jumped out. I mean, Judy could have been a possibility, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I I mean, where you got him, I don't think it's a it's a bad bet at all. I'm. No, I, I think he's actually offering you more upside than a lot of the guys around him. You, right. you know, yeah. we, we often talk about the the wide receivers that have shown you a top twelve season before, and and MT is definitely no stranger to those. So, um, you know, he gets one full season back, doesn't get too crazy, and they give him a quarterback. Who knows what happens? 
Um, but I, I, I love the um, strategy, Theo, you bring up and, and Dan, you know, which Billy did here with the quarterbacks, because it does free you a spot later on. And, and when it does work out, um, take advantage of it if you can. You don't want to go too crazy and grab like, you know, Allen and Herbert or, well, I don't know if you want it, but I, I, I probably wouldn't do it that high. Um, I kind of like getting two of the second tier guys, uh, which is kind of what Billy did here. But um, yeah, and, there... and just to, and I think that it's if if there's FFPC people uh, listening right now, I think that the um, that the, the that a good comparison would be using early tight end equity, um, yeah. where if you if you take that tight end early in the FFPC drafts, it kind of lets you uh, hit other positions like. Dan and I did a build where we we waited on on tight end, and I think I love I like how it turned out. But I just I'm in another one. <laughs> Dan waited on tight end. No way. No way, Dan, man. Crazy, right? Dan pieced it together nicely. But I, I but I took a did a George Kittle third round build where I I like I like that build because it allowed me to basically. But who was your two? End. Who'd you take as your second? So that's that's the thing. It's you're 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 basically diving into um, you know a little more risk. Because I'm I'm baking on Kittle, and my tight end two is Trey McBride, and I'll take a tight end in the in the twentieth round for my tight end three, and if George Kittle goes down, you know you can you can rip up this ticket, but if George Kittle goes on a tear in the last few weeks, then I like the chance of that team because I was able to really attack wide receiver where I where a lot of these guys are hitting hitting tight end in the FFPC. So I think it's it's similar um, when you're talking about the you know the the one-off position i think that that's the the difference between nffc and and uh, ffpc is, is tight end versus quarterback just right. a way of looking at it yeah and, and again you got to keep in mind you know in, in any best ball you're you're playing to win uh you know you if if you're playing not to lose uh you're gonna have a lot of second third fourth place finishes and you're not going to be happy with yourself uh you really have to you have to play to win and not be afraid to, you know, to make builds. You know, you don't want to do crazy stuff, but, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to take Kittle and I and he's going to be my tight end. I'm going to live or die with him. I don't think that's crazy at all in a best ball and certainly not in a tournament build. Yeah, like I'll point out uh, Chris Chris Ebel's draft in, in Team 10 where he went Kelsey Waller back to back. Like that's I, – I love, I love the uniqueness of, of his build – where he dove into the the two you know high target volume tight ends, where that could be really pretty lethal um, at times for him, or it could it could backfire and he and he doesn't cash in this one. But it's it's you know trying to have unique builds in a in a tournament setting like this, um, it can it can really really pay off. See, I, I was going to point that out as some. I, to be honest, I don't like it, uh, and that's kind of what I was referring to with the quarterbacks. If you're going to go early, I like to either go to the next tier with my second one, or get two guys in in a lower tier, or like you did with the Kittle, there is get your guy up high, and then you can you know make a, a one or a two spot as your as your second tight end, uh, depending on how deep you go. But it's not tight end premium here, right? And so the, you're no. not necessarily. It's when you're when you're drafting tight ends in the FFPC. Because of the flex spots and because of the premium, it doesn't hurt you to get those extra tight ends. It's actually it gives you a little flexibility. Whereas here, I find it. And then he went Prescott in in the fifth round, which I feel like in those three rounds he gave up a lot of value in the other positions. That's my personal thought. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. Not to hate on the one team here. Or... 
I mean, I think I think Chris probably wanted to have the have a very unique build would be my guess. Um, I think he's being in a big tournament, right? Deal. Yeah, that's that's kind of my feeling with this. which makes but sense, I, which is what we were talking about earlier, right? With with when you're yeah. playing against 12, 11 other guys or when you're trying to win one of these big money tournaments and, and being unique. And then what about just, just not to not to pick on the draft, but team team one where a guy goes that running back heavy, is that something you could ever see yourself doing um, in this sort of setting, Billy? No, and if, uh, I don't know if you recall this. He uh, he was autoed. I know. He I got did not auto- recall that. No, was he? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He got autoed for like the first four rounds. I don't think he knew that. <laughs> I guess he forgot it started. You guys something. did a two hour, right? You said Theo? Whoops. I think it was, it was two a four. Hour, yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, was it a four? Was it a four? Okay. No, you're right. I think it was two. I, I'm doing a four right now. Yeah, it was two. But uh, yeah, he got autoed and he kind of was like, oh, welcome to the draft. And, you know, that happened before. I mean, it, at least in this, you can, if you can jump back in, at least you can re- sort of recover, maybe. I mean, I've seen teams do stuff like that and it worked out because they hit on all the guys. It's deep um, enough, too, right? He can add like a million receivers now. Yeah, right. I mean, I've seen people do that strategy. So, you know, by accident, you know, this is an accident, of course, but um, you, it, it's hard to get away with when you get into an OLC and somebody doesn't show up and their first six picks are running backs. They're dead in the water. I mean, that's just, you're not going to be able to. Trying to pull up what he did later in the draft, and for some reason I can't get it to. Uh, you might go. have to. I can. I can you have it. it. You have it, Dan. Yeah. Ha- All right. Go. Let me get this out. Technically challenged. Always good times. So, guys. Here we go. All right. There you go. Dan's got it up. Perfect. Here, let me so, switch. Yeah. Uh, there. So. You know what? I guess what bothers me about Team One is he. You know, okay, he got autoed. Uh, he you kept know, he, going. He went, yeah, he went. He went running back times four <laughs> uh, to start with, and you know, but then all of a sudden he's he's back with three more running backs. Uh, you know, and this is through like nine rounds or something like that. I I believe it is. He's got six running backs. Uh, it, you know, in the FFPC, when you've got two flex positions, you can do a build like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the NFFC, when the most you can start is three running backs and you have to start three wide receivers, uh, I, you know, I just don't like his chances. Well, if you're if you're going to stack right off the beginning like that from the one spot with your running backs and, and uh, Wheeler pointed it out, he should have stopped at four RBs. That's when you want to go super delicate at that position and be really top heavy and maybe just have four or five guys. I know this is a deeper draft, but just in general, that's usually what you want to do. Maybe it's six when you're doing the 30, 30 some uh, rounds. But that's where I think, like you said, Dan, is that he kept going with with the running backs instead of adding, you know, depth at, a, at those other positions where he wasn't as strong. Right, and especially with the best ball, you know, because he, you know, even if you you say, well, I, you know, I like the value of running back here better. I just don't like the wide receivers that have fallen to me at this point. You know, at this point, it's best ball. You've you just got to get in there and you got to take some swings at wide receiver, yeah, because you're gonna have to start three of them every week. So, uh, you know, you you just can't sit there and say, well, I'm I'm gonna smash at running back and kill everybody at running back. That's only. That's only uh, two, maybe three of your your starting positions right there, and you've still got seven more to worry about. Billy certainly uh, ran pure with the uh, the Bateman Robinson Kirk back to back to back picks. I really I right. really like those right there. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's yeah, cool. and then Jarvis uh, a few picks later than that. Yeah. I, I love the Jarvis pick there. And he's got well, is that Rashad White there? You got a little Rashad White action? Is that what I see there? Uh, James White. Oh, that's James, James, James White. James White. What's um, what's James White's story? Uh, he's, is he back in New England this year? No, right? he's, a free, he's a free agent. I think. Free agent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think he'll come back because I don't think any. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's around what 16, 15 or something. It's pretty late, so. Right. Take a shot. Alan Robinson's the one who, you know, he I, I don't think we've seen a guy who was not injured go from where he was two years ago to last year like that, just fall off the face of the earth. Yeah. So I'm willing to take another, you know, if he's gonna stay if he's gonna stay like the tenth round or whatever that is I got him, um, I'm gonna be a buyer. Because I'll take a crack at the, he gets the you know, situation straight and he returns, you know, doesn't have to return to what he was two, three years ago. But if he gives you seventy five percent of that, that would be well worth the pick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's crazy. Right now, you got the just to get off subject a little bit. Michael Thomas. We talked about him. Alan Robinson and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, Robinson, and Thomas are like everything's up in the air. A year ago, we're drafting the hell out of these guys. Maybe not so much Michael Thomas. There were still some reservations, but like right. like Robinson. And and Ridley and and Thomas, it's like the next few weeks you could see those guys just just rock it up. If there's a big trade for for Michael Thomas, um, we had we had Matt Kelly on, um, and he had he had mentioned New England um, making a big yeah. move for Thomas, somebody where he's going to be used as a clear alpha, get him out of New Orleans. And New Orleans says they want him back now. It's just like you yeah. could you could see him really shoot up. Um, but Robinson, I completely agree with Billy. It's like. I, I refuse to believe it's like the end of Allen Robinson. I think it was. I think we'll see him bounce back. I don't know how how high the bounce back will be, but I, I think that there's a there's a good chance that where Billy drafted him here, um, come August, he's been going a lot higher. Dan, what's Landry's deal? He's he's not for sure back next year, right? In Cleveland, isn't he free agent? Right. He's he's free. Well. Yeah. You no, know, he's under contract, um, but there's no way that he's going to go without being restructured yeah. or released. I mean, it's going to be one of the two. Um, I think it's probably a little bit more likely he gets released than restructured, just based on what he ought to be able to earn from another team. Uh, you know, I I just don't see him agreeing with what Cleveland's going to want to try to push on him salary-wise. Uh, so I, I think he's probably likely to go somewhere else. And if he does, uh, you know, I, I like his chances of picking a good spot and he's the kind of guy who can, uh, he can settle in with a new quarterback pretty quickly. Uh, you know, he, he's a hard worker, uh, you know, and that's, and, and a slot guy, uh, you know, and those, those guys tend to settle in pretty fast when they get into a new situation. So I, I love the pick there. Um, I think that's a lot of talent that's available pretty late, and uh, Billy's just swooped down and grabbed him. If anybody deserves to get paid, it's uh, it's Jarvis Landry. Um, yeah, he went he went off on Cleveland on Twitter about um, you know how how hard he's worked, and um, you know the guy never missed games. And you could just it's it's a shame if, if it's a shame if they don't pay him. But I like that pick as well. I think Billy really really did well with those wide receivers and those those rounds right there. Billy, I want to ask you, um, Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel, nice surprises last year, underdrafted, some might say. Um, who, who are, do, do you see someone yet this offseason that could maybe 
um, you know, give us flashes of what these guys did in 2021? Um, I mean, just going off the draft, we were just looking at, I, I think Joe Mixon's a little undervalued right now. I could see, I, I think he's a first round pick still. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally would take him over Javante Williams. I mean, we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen with Javante Williams. Like, what, what if Melvin Gordon returns? Just what if? I mean, then Javante is the third rounder, probably. You know, well, maybe second, late second, early third. Um, he he's one who I think is just slightly undervalued right now. Um, I like T. Higgins in the third a lot. I like that even in the middle rounds. I think he'll he's going to bounce back nicely. I mean, not that he would bounce back. Um, just glance at the draft here. What I wrote down. Wrote down. Um, and I didn't get him in this draft. I did get him in my the one I just did. I, I love Rondell Moore. Yeah, and you could you could put it back then if you want, just so okay. I can see. Oh, it. Yeah, Sorry. I love Rondell, I love Rondell Moore this year. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, nice. He had some very solid games last year, and I think he's definitely going to be a bigger part. And I think Hopkins Hopkins is one of those guys. He's just he's going to be very hard for me to take. Um, you know, in the, in the fourth, even the late third, early fourth, which sounds ridiculous for DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins, but um, I just I don't know. He seems like he's the, the his times come. Um, I like Allen Robinson. Like I said, where he's going right now. The guy that's interesting to me, if Mike Williams moves, is Josh Palmer. Because if Josh Palmer gets an opportunity, I think he goes up and he's nice. around, what is he, around like six, seven, eight, he's like around 11 yeah. to 12 here. I think he rockets up to like the seventh, eighth round. I, could, I think he could be where Mike Williams was last year. Not that he'll give that production necessarily, but I really like, I do like his talent and what he did last year at the end of the year. Good old, good old Canadian boy, Josh Palmer. <laughs> Yep, for sure. I think now, that's a great, great question, uh, JD. Um, but I do think that there's always like when we're searching for like the next Debo or searching for the next Cup. I think like the market, the market's going to adjust. Like when it comes to wide receivers, um, sure. I think people are going to be a little more aggressive on wide receivers. Like Debo won people leagues in like the seventh and eighth round in some leagues. Um, I think that uh, people are going to be a little bit more like not letting these kind of guys go past like the end of the sixth round. Uh, but it's a, it's definitely a great question. If I, anybody I, I, knows. I got to throw Juju's name in there, man. I, I think Juju is, is a little sneaky going in a, into uh, next season. Obviously we don't know where he's going to be. Obviously we don't know if he ends up back in Pittsburgh, who's, who's throwing the rock, but I think he's one of those guys that he's, he's shown us he's, he's been off a bit out of sight, out of, out of mind or whatever that saying is. I think Juju is, is one of these guys that, you know, you could you could find that value right now where they're going. What round did he go? I see him on the board, but I can't tell what round that is. Uh, let's he's see. Right, he's right there with Rondell Moore. Yeah, he's round 10. Okay, round yeah, 10. so that's, uh, yeah, round 10. And a yeah, yeah. I think that uh, the Tony pick was also great if we're just looking yes. for, you know, a, a younger player who could get a really, really high target share. Um, and Tony flashed. I mean, it's a... You know, it's a smaller sample size with Tony, but he he looked tremendous at times. Um, and I think that the the I new agree. coaching staff could could utilize him. Um, just I think that that he kind of stands out right there. Um, and I'm I I bring up Chase Claypool. I know a lot of people are completely out on him. Um, Billy, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts as as a Steelers guy. But I just think entering year three, I think his his season could be a and we don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but uh, you know if they get a guy in there like you know Jameis Winston, 
I think you could see Claypool move up a little bit. Um, he's got some attitude issues and all that. And I think Deontay Johnson is an, is an absolute stud. But I think Claypool could have, you know, at least high, high touchdown upside. And I think he could bounce back to closer to his rookie year levels. And he's kind of going at a discount. What, what's your thoughts on uh, Claypool, Billy? I like where he's going in these drafts, like round eight. I think that's fair. Um, he he definitely has talent. There's no question about it. And it's, it's going to come down to the quarterback. Um, you know, I have nightmares of Mason Rudolph being under center, like they were saying. I literally do. Like, <laughs> can't happen, man. Yeah, I can't. can't, even, just be, can't oh, happen. You can't even entertain. I don't even understand how they could even come out and say, oh, he might be our guy. Like, don't even say that. Just I don't, I don't see Tomlin doing it. Get somebody off the street, seriously, because Mason Rudolph is horrendous. Um, but yeah, you know the the I guess the theory is is Ben. Obviously, Ben is gone, and Ben's arm was, you know, obviously shot by the end of the year. Anything they bring in should be better. You know, a little more downfield passing, that kind of thing. I mean, a lot of people think it's going to hurt Deontay Johnson. I think it's just going to give him a chance to run some deeper routes. Um, and he is a stud because he can, you know, he can pretty much do it all. And they target him a lot. But Claypool's the big play guy. There's no question about it. And uh, I, I like eight round eights fine. I wasn't a fan of him last year in round six. Um, and he really didn't do much last year. But in, if he's going in round eight, he's got my attention there. Could Deontay Johnson be this year's Cooper Cup? Um, just, you know, thinking out loud of JD's question. Like, I see, I'm looking at it. I have a couple of boards open. But um, in the this never-too-early FFPC draft I'm in right now, Deontay Johnson is going in the middle of the fourth round. Like, in his range of outcomes, Deontay Johnson could be wide receiver three um, overall, and you're, you're drafting him as a, as a wide receiver two right now. Um, he's not even being drafted as a wide receiver one, despite, you know, really showing it for, for two straight seasons. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on, on, on Deontay um, and your expectations for him this year? I mean, I think um, last year when I was at the uh, in, in uh, Vegas for the super auction, Jared Danielson, who you know, passed away, uh, we were talking, and uh, he told me I took Deontay Johnson in the draft. He and I were bidding on him, and he had a bet on him uh, for, to lead the league in targets last year. And, you know, Cup obviously took that. But um, Deontay – you know, I, I could I could see Deontay Johnson in the right situation being the league leader in targets. It wouldn't shock me, um, just based on what his game is like. So yeah, I mean, there, it's a possibility. You know, he, he's a little uptick in touchdowns. You know, a little little more yards per catch. Again, you get a better quarterback with a little bigger arm. He could uh, um, he could get in there and do something. So uh, I, I think he's very fair in the third round. I think it's a solid pick. I don't think it's going to hurt you by any stretch. Um, and definitely in the fourth, I like it a lot. I actually took him in trendsetters in the fourth, which is, you know, that's a 14 team round draft. And I'm in the. You stole, was, stole that one, Billy. Yeah, I did. I, he was sitting there and I really didn't. I, I was sitting there and I'm like, I pass? I'm like, I can't pass this. So he's, yeah. So it was, it was great. You know, he's uh, and, fair. And, and no, he's also one of those guys when you're drafting this time of year, you want to get guys that you hope their values, gonna, they're going to move up these boards, you know, as we get closer to the season. So like you said, Theo, you hear Jameis Winston or anyone is going to Pittsburgh at this point. I look at guys, you know, in this FFPC that I'm in, and you got guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen ahead of him. I could see him creeping in closer to the DK Metcalfs and the CD Lambs, um, you know, if if we do get more positive news out of Pittsburgh. You know, if you look at the guys going around, even like DJ Moore after him, I, I prefer Deontay over all those guys. Can, can I say Michael Thomas could be Cooper Cup? 
No, that's a that's a very so good. There one. you He's go. Been there before, right? For this draft, I'd love that, Dan. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now Billy likes his pick again. Hey, if he's if he's if he's Cooper Cup, I'm I'm feeling real good about this draft then. Kevin, Kevin uh, Wheeler saying he likes DJ Moore to be that guy this year. Oh, I love DJ Moore more than anything. I, I was so I was there was nobody bigger on DJ Moore two years ago than me. I was taking him like jumping him in drafts, and it was just like. And the killer part of that year, if you remember, was Robbie Anderson came in. And Robbie Anderson was always the deep guy in the, for the Jets. Yep. And I'm like, oh, great. Because he's, you know, Moore's going to run the underneath stuff. And they got Bridgewater. It's perfect. And like they reversed roles. Robinson was getting all the short stuff and they're running DJ Moore deep. And I'm like, oh, gosh. So I love DJ Moore. Um, but yeah, and I, I think it's a good pick there again in the fourth round, something like that. He, he, he there is a gap. Last guy for sure, in my opinion, before it. And then it falls off. I actually think. I, the one guy I think is undervalued is uh, also is Tyler Lockett a little bit. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Tyler Lockett. Nice. Yeah. DK Metcalf going in, you know, in the third, and you got Lockett going in the fifth. I mean, I just don't see the disparity that big. I mean, you know, everybody loves DK Metcalf because you look at his size and you're like, oh, my gosh, he's a physical freak. He can do it all. But Tyler Lockett's just awesome. He just gets open. Russ knows where he is all the time. They like, I mean, the thing I love about Tyler Lockett, he's he's a little guy, but when they get inside the 10 and Russell Wilson breaks the pocket, that's the guy he's looking for. Always. Yep. Tyler Lockett can always sneak off and duck off a route and he knows where he's going. So I think Tyler Lockett's a good pick in the fifth round as well. Love it. Yeah, I, t- I took him um actually in this one in the fifth, and I also took yep. him in the uh the NTE that I'm in right now in the fifth. So I've been, I've been banging that drum when I see him in the fifth round. I, I always kind of like him as a value. Um, and I think that there's also a, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but I think that there's, there's rumors out there. Um, the DK Metcalf could get traded. Um, and it, which I think would be absolutely insane, but I don't, I don't give Seattle that much credit as an organization. I think that there's a possibility it could happen. And if that does happen, um, Tyler Lockett got the big extension last summer, and I think you could see his targets go up, um, and he could have an absolute smash season um, as a as their alpha wide receiver one. Um, with you know who knows who they would bring in to be wide receiver two in that situation. I really hope it doesn't happen because uh, I have DK Metcalf in, in dynasty. I'd like to see him continue to uh, you know progress with Seattle, but uh, it's it's crazy the reports are even out there. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, getting Lockett where you got him too was really nice because I mean, you know, Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith, you're just hoping those guys can turn into Tyler Lockett. Uh, whereas you've got Tyler Lockett, who's already Tyler Lockett. Yeah. That's he's, a great point. He's got that age, Dan. He's got that age that, you know, people just, he's not sexy anymore. Yeah, I know. That age apex, man. So before before we get to the the last segment here, as we analyze this draft, and and we'll we'll touch on any other points uh, you guys want to touch on this draft. Maybe we'll read out your teams, uh, and maybe we'll talk uh, some guys that maybe are over overdrafted a bit. Um, you know, some that maybe we haven't touched touched on upon. But yesterday we announced a pretty big uh, new partnership with our friends over at Underdog. Guys, just another platform you can play on. It's going to complement your FFPC game, your NFFC game. You, like I said, awesome mobile app that you can play on your phone. Use the code DISTRICT to sign up, and you will get a sign-up bonus up to $100. They'll match whatever you deposit. They'll match up to 100 bucks. 
guys, you could play dollar, you could play dollar, five dollars. They've got uh, the big board just finished, but they're supposedly coming out with a new one. From what the rumors are saying, it's a ten dollar buy-in. It's a huge uh, tournament they had on that just ended. But now they bring back, they run it back with the rookies and sophomore, which they, I believe, they introduced that last year. And it's for the Dino Dgens. You know, you're literally building a draft with rookies uh, and sophomore players, a hundred k in prizes and ten dollar entry. So, guys, use the code. Go check it out. And if you know, if you you spread your wings a bit more than I do, maybe you're into baseball. Uh, they do have other sports on there to check out. And guys, as we go through the season, we're going to be doing some live drafts on Underdog and we'll get more into the app and we'll give you some more details on on all the goodness they offer. So go check it out. Use the code DISTRICT. Guys, let's get back to the draft board. Um, Dan, if you want to bring it back up, is there anything we haven't, before I read off the teams or, or you know, one of us reads off the team, is there anything we haven't touched on that maybe stood out to you in this draft, Billy, or or something that you, you found out of the norm or maybe that you took note of that might help you the rest of the season or off season? Um, not really. I mean, there's a couple guys I'm just right now and it could change. I'm, and I, he was phenomenal at the air, end of the year, but uh, I'm not on a monster Ross St. Brown right now where he's going in the fourth round. I just think there's other guys I'd rather have in that position. And, and you know, my big thing is, you know, he did what he did. He did all his damage with TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, you know, pretty much on the shelf. And that's a lot of targets. There's a lot of catches there. Um, so that's the one thing. I, I kind of see him overvalued a little bit. Um, a guy who really intrigues me is Michael Carter. I really want to see – I, I want to see Michael Carter. I've got Michael Carter in this last draft. Um, I, I think he could really have a nice season if things all worked out for him and they, they, they let him loose and let him be the guy. He's a guy that I'm interested in, but as far as this draft goes, there's nothing. There was nothing crazy about it. Again, Chris Ivels, um, the way he built his team, and again, I agree with Theo. If you're going to do something, do something different. You know, might, you might as well be a little different for this because you're going against. I don't know how many teams are going to end up being this, but it's going to be a lot, and you got to be a little unique somewhere. But um, there were no crazy other builds except Team One, of course, with you know getting auto with the four running backs. Nothing that was crazy, and you know. So I, I didn't see anything. I think, there, again, these early running backs, the uh, rookie running backs, I'm not interested in Brees Hall or, or Isaiah Spiller and those guys. Kenneth, Kenneth Walker maybe in the that round, but those two are just going a little too early for me, and there's still a lot of value and good players on the board, so I wouldn't be taking them. Love, love I just wanted to get, Go ahead, Theo. I just want to get Billy's opinion on, on just a couple guys at this point. Um, Zeke. Where are you at on Zeke right now? Seeing Zeke go in the uh, in the fifth round, I mean, are you I, I had a out on pass. Zeke on that price? I, I had a hard time passing him there, but again, I was worried about what I was concerned about is if you know if I pass on Murray and Stafford and Rogers, then I'm looking at okay, then I'm going back down and I'm going to be in the Wilson Kurtz cousin zone. And I didn't want to do that. Then, um, then you're going to be building your quarterbacks, Theo stuff. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough I've, one. I have had many drafts where I've been Theo style. I've been worse than that, actually. So I, I get it, Theo. You did what you had to do, and you see yep. how it works out. Well, if there's one of those guys pops, you're great. Um, but uh, I, I can't remember what I was listening to. It might have been The Athletic. But I think it was their podcast. And somebody – I can't remember who said this. They said, when the cheese turns bad, it doesn't turn good again. <laughs> and not that I think Zeke is bad yet, 
but Tony Pollard is Tony. I mean, I, you just watch them run, and it's it's night and day right now. Like Zeke's kind of like laboring, and he's still a good back. And they, you know, Dallas has a good line and all. But Tony Pollard just so much more explosive than him to me. So um, the fifth round is kind of rough for those running backs. What we're, what we're on the board. I mean, I'm not Elijah Mitchell. Kind of off of him a little bit. I don't mind in the fifth. I've seen him go as high as the third, though, which I think is a little too much. Um, he, you know, he he was hurt a lot last year. And, you know, when, when's the last time the San Francisco running back who starts the season ended as the top guy on the team? There's, it's always like a carousel there. So, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely yeah. a shady round. And I had one one other guy who uh, was very successful for people uh, this season, helped people win leagues. Where are you at on Hunter Renfro right now <laughs> and, his, and his valuation? Um, do you think he's appropriately priced, um, or would he be a guy you're, you're worried about a little bit in this range? No, I think he's appropriately priced. I, I, I like him. I mean, I like I definitely like Ridley and Lockett more just because I think they have a lot more upside. Um, I would take Renfro over Marquise Brown all day long, personally. Um, mm-hmm. And Godwin's going to be tricky. You know, we got to see how he responds with his ACL. That's And where he ends up, too, is a big factor. But uh, – no, I think Renfro's price where he's, you know, he should be. I think he's, you know, I know the, the the buzz is that you know Josh McDaniels is there. You know, quite like oh, he's going to be Edelman, he's going to be Welker. Well, let's not, let's be fair. Derek Carr isn't exactly Tom Brady either, so I don't know about that. But they obviously targeted him. And again, though, he, you know, when Darren, you know, Darren Waller back, some of those targets are going to go away, I think. But you know, he definitely, definitely a guy that people like. I mean. He was another guy I just didn't have on my teams last year. And gosh, he was such a nice piece to have for some of these teams. Yeah. And you got to think Josh McDaniels is going to, you know, he's going to recognize where his talented pieces are and then figure out how to best use them. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm not horribly concerned that Waller and uh, Renfro are going to be stealing from each other. Uh, I think there's plenty of room for both of them in that offense. Yeah. Well, can I ask I just wanted to ask Theo a question about uh, Terry McLaurin. Where you took Terry McLaurin? I guess you like you like him quite a bit. Uh, so, I'm 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 bullish on the on McLaurin having a, a a kind of a year like we expected him to have this year, um, and I think that he's he's a guy I believe in the talent. Um, I think that uh, that it's in the range of outcomes where he he has a he has a very good year. Um, I think he's had a lot of inconsistent um, quarterback play in his career, as we all know. Um, but I, I still believe in it. Um, I've seen him, you know, have big games. And I think that there's like where I took him here. Um, I don't hate it. I, I like I, I prefer taking him to Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. Mike Evans. Um, I would I would probably prefer DJ Moore to uh, to McLaurin. But, like, I, I prefer him to Godwin. I prefer him to Ridley. And, you know, I was trying to build up my wide receiver core here. Um, so I think he's I think he's he's appropriately priced right now. Um, but, I mean, last season was very disappointing. But I, I do believe in the talent. And uh, I think right here is, is fine for him. Okay. I was just curious. I was, he, he's an interesting player. Um, a lot of people, yeah, I mean, I had him on a bunch of teams last year. And, yeah, he was definitely a disappointment. But I agree with you. The quarterback play – Definitely hurt him. For sure. That's going to be everything. I mean, you know, guys like McLaurin and DJ Moore right now, we're just we're speculating that they're going to somehow come up with better quarterback play than what they had last year. Yeah. Yeah. 
One other guy I'll throw on the table um, that I'm liking these days value-wise, especially if you start receiver other positions early, is Singletary in the sixth. Yeah. Um, just I love when you look at his numbers, what he did in that second half towards you know the last quarter, last third of the season. To me, that's huge because you 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 think with all the success they've had and that he showed that he was able to 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 ride that position in that offense. You gotta like what he did going into next season, even if they bring someone new, I don't see that just kind of, you know, being washed away. So I, I think he's nice value six in the six there. What do you think, Billy? Uh, definitely. I, I like him a lot there. I think that, that's a great pick. Um, again, you know, I, 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 I get where Steve was at on AJ Dillon. I like that Spiller. I'm not crazy about, we know what cream hunt cream hunt still is a decent value in the seventh. Cause he, we know what he can do. And I love the Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick in the seventh by Theo. I think that's yeah. a great I think there's just no, you know, if it doesn't work, okay. But, you know, they drafted this guy in the first round a couple of years ago. And, they, I mean, he's got to get his shot at some point. And he's got to stay healthy. And they got to get him involved. And, he, you know, the big thing about him is he was such a great receiver at LSU, and they just don't use him. I don't get it. They just dump off to him. Get him run fuel routes. Do it like Aaron Jones where you're running him out and let Mahomes hit him. So, um, I love the Clyde Edwards Slayer pick, too. He's as, he's as cheap as he's been. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I saw him get traded for a straight up second round pick in mm. in, a, in an FFPC dynasty league, which is wow. just it's just wow. crazy. Um, so you call selling low? Yeah, I think some people are completely Fine. out on him. So it's uh, I don't I, I'm willing to take shots on him. I don't want to be you know if I'm doing a bunch of these drafts, I don't want I don't want thirty percent you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but I think taking shots on him in, in this range is is good. Um, I, you know, I'm big on AJ Dillon. I'm, 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 you know, digging my heels in on that one. But um, yeah, Edward Hilaire, I think that he's a, he's a great seventh round type target because I think the range of outcomes, um, you know, they're talking up Jerick McKinnon right now. But if it's, if it's only Ceh and McKinnon, um, then I, I like the chances of Ceh paying off with some some decent size uh, weeks, especially in a best ball format. All right, guys, we're at a buck twenty. As as we say every time we get on on this uh, this machine, we could we could go all night. I mean, we could start pulling other draft boards out. We could all get together and start a draft. I didn't uh, even ask Billy about a tight ends yet, JD. And I'm oh, we'll go ahead, go ahead. No, no. Um, well, I I did have one one question. Is there so we we basically we have a, a pretty clear top four, and then Waller's right around that, so it's a pretty clear top five. Is there a next tight end? That, that you're into, um, you know, right now when you start up like the, the TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard tier, um, you know, you, and you could take that as deep as you want, throw fire, Fryermuth, maybe just a bunch of those guys. Is there a tight end that stands out to you, um, you know, right now is one you're looking at, or he could be a value right now in best balls. So however you want to take that question. I, I like Hawkinson. I do like him. Um, and I think he will be the number, you know, he'll be like the sixth guy off the board. I, I think, you know, the one guy, and, you know, we got to wait, but, I mean, we saw what Dalton Schultz did last year. I mean, he's he could be phenomenal on that offense. You know, they just get rid of Jarwin. They just let him do his thing. Dak loves him. Um, Ertz is solid. Goddard, you know, I mean, the whole thing with Goddard, he's tied to Hertz. I mean, they got to get – it's the same with Devonta Smith. If Devonta Smith had, like, Justin Herbert as his quarterback, he'd be going in the third round. Easy. Second, third round. You know, he's phenomenal talent. Um 
you know, Knox is more of a touchdown guy, but, you know, it's a phenomenal offense. They're going to move the ball. I love Pat Fryermuth. I think he's going to be great. I didn't realize, and, I, you know, I always go back and look at some things. I didn't realize that Mike Gusecki only had two touchdowns last year. Hmm. Two. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Phenomenal. He, he, he definitely had bad touchdown luck. I mean, Gusecki is like, he's he's got the. Really, you got a message. You got a message. Shout out to chat. shout out to Chris Chris Ebel. There you go. Hey, what's up, Chris? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm on my phone right now. I can't even. I'm searching up smart ass. But as you're on the you're on the clock, I just took the Chiefs starting <laughs> RB in the 22nd round. Enjoyed the show, champ. Shout yeah, out I'm to getting Chris. I'm I'm getting just crushed for the Ceh pick in, in the chat. Shout out Wayne Ellis. Shout out Chris Ebel. <laughs> I, you know, I dropped of, of course, Chris is lying in wait on this show. You know, just just watching us tear apart the draft. And, uh... <laughs> Big time. <laughs> I was bad. I, I I was on the clock for way too long today. I um, it was one of those deals. I I was at I tra- I coached track. I was at track practice, and you know, it's a four hour draft. And if they don't hit me at the right time, I'm out for two three hours. So and and it's uh, yeah. So I, yeah, like, I got to do sure. not apologize in on March. What is it? March 2nd in a four hour draft. Come on, man. They can wait. Come on. I'm in with a lot of guys here and they're all, you know, it's constantly let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm like, guys, yeah. relax. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm the same way. I get that way too. All right. Let's try that. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. So, so getting back to Gusecki, he's got, he's, he's like top five in targets over the past two years. Uh, you know, he, he just needs some touchdowns. That's it. Right. Where do you want to? Where do you want to see him? Uh, I don't mind seeing him in Miami. To be honest, I don't. Um, I think it's a good fit right now for him. Yeah. Do you think that's I, the most likely, Theo? Miami. Um, I I don't mind. I, I would like to see him in Miami as well, but I think that there's the the chance that uh he ends up on the Chargers as as the you know attack attached Justin Herbert, and that one I could get really excited about. Um. But yeah, I mean, my generally my my answer is I always want to see the guys uh, stay with their current team. I think that's usually the the best the best outcomes for us fantasy wise is is when you see a guy's return. But um, yeah, Jacecki was un, was unlucky. He's a tremendous athlete. You know, we've seen him you know handle a high amount of targets in uh in in games, and uh you know he's always an intriguing tight end for me. Yes, I we have, that- we have a request from Wayne that you pick on the clock, uh, Billy. <laughs> um, I think the one that I know that Theo brought this name up. We we were discuss we were talking is uh, you know I want to see where Trey McBride goes yeah. because they can utilize him. I mean he's a beast. He is a beast. So I really I, I that's the one I do want to see. I hope he goes into a situation where he can just jump right in and be the guy, and he's clearly the man. So that that'd be ideal for him. Yeah, I got enough of him in underdog for some reason. I always end up with yeah. him as my you, second. You know Philly's going to pair him with De- Dallas Goddard or something like that. Yeah, it'll be something like that. It'll be a lot of hearts. Just make it dirty. Yep. All right, Billy, this has been a blast. Uh, we always appreciate your time, all your goodness. Guys, at Billy Waz, W-A-Z-88. Anything else you want to share with the peeps that are listening uh, before we close this out? No, I just appreciate coming on. I always love talking football. I needed this, guys. Just like I said, this has been three days of just, like, brutal. I've been busy, busy, busy at work, and I was looking forward to this tonight because it's just nice to relax, have a drink, and uh, watch, talk about some football. Absolutely. Sure. Theo, Dan, always a blast. Dan, at Overhype Sleeper, no E on the end. 
Theo, the OG Fantasy. Theo, who we got coming up? Uh, we have the fellas from the Dynasty War Zone coming on. Um, that should be awesome. I believe that's next week. And then we have a, you know, a number of, uh, we have some, some, some really good guests in the, in the uh, in upcoming weeks. March should be a good one. Uh, we started off um, with JJ Zacharyson and Billy Wazowski tonight. Um, so we're, we're bringing in the good ones and we're going to keep hitting it. And um, we're going to be covering a lot of best ball content and doing some more live drafts. Uh, it should be a fun spring in the GOAT district. Yeah, we got, we got Dwayne coming on pretty soon. That's right. That's oh, right. yeah, Dwayne. Dwayne, Dwayne McFarland is, is coming back on, um, I believe, in, in two weeks or is, it might be three weeks. But he's, he's coming on in March as well. Soon. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. in March for sure. Yeah. That's must listen. Yep. For sure. Always. For sure. One of our faves for sure. And Billy, you're definitely one of our faves. Guys, stick with us this offseason. We, we keep the, the big hits coming. Smash that like. Smash the subscribe. And uh, guys, check out myffpc.com. Like we talked about all the goodness. Underdog, use the code DISTRICT to sign up. Match that $100. Guys, enjoy the Spandex Olympics. We'll check you all later. Go DISTRICT. <laughs> Bleep a ball. Bleep a ball. Bleep a ball. Bleep. Ball and I bleep a ball, yeah. bleep a ball. It's the ghost district, y'all. A ball, cause I bleep, 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 hey. Bleeding a ball, defeated the ice, and see him at all. JD in the pies, I needed it all. I bleeded a lie, you bleeded a lie, not bleeded a lie. And that's what a goat do. Facts, let me show you. Happen to know, do strapped and they don't do bad and they don't lose. Make you wanna bleep, bleep, bleep. It's the goat district, boys, giving you the business and no gimmicks. The best ball drafts got me feeling like it's Christmas. Then it's Christmas all of a sudden And these riches came from nothing And I got this all from loving the district See, I just drafted, forget it I laugh at the critics They mad at the digits I clap back my listeners See, ballin' ain't a problem If you kick it with them off And I refresh the feet till autumn Then I bleep, 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 go That was fun, guys. That was really fun. Ton of fun. Yeah, it was great, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, ton of fun for sure. And I tell you, Gabe with those songs, man, it's just they're awesome. <laughs> I, I like dancing in the background. Oh, it's been too long since I've uh, I've really listened to the ball in one. That Same. Was like, yeah, that, it's so good. I've that asked him. I've asked him to to re- try to redo the Millie Billy one because I think we've got it still as quarter Millie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's gonna Definitely. hopefully even get that done. Yeah, but we're, we're we're up to the Millie Billies, and uh, so we, you know, if, if Billy wins the Millie, he's gonna, <laughs> he's going to be retiring in uh, quicker than five years, I think. That's correct, Dan. That's correct. Uh, Billy's got, Billy's got Billy's got to step into the uh, and do a few more main events next year with that up to a million bucks. Yep. Yeah, I, for I, sure. Yeah, I want to try to focus on some of the. I'm, I really am trying to focus on less online championships because they're, I mean, they're great, but they just, there's, you know, the management and everything. And I'd rather do some prime times, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, Nelson, Nelson put it the right way. It was, it's like a 